0: Hello everyone. welcome in to another episode of, of capturing the game. It's the game within the game podcast featuring Desmond Jones and Brady. today we got another outstanding guest. So before we get into it, I want to make sure we thought we thank every um, person that's came on the podcast and did an interview or every listener that has subscribed and liked um, capturing the game. we really appreciated all the retweets, all the likes, all the subscribes it's been much much very appreciated. but so now we got that out the way. Today we have the awesome head coach of Cal State Fullerton. It is no other than Ashley Preston. Ashley, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing well. How are you?
0: I'm doing fabulous. You know, it's a nice, you know, today recording is on a Wednesday, but it's a nice Wednesday evening out here in in the Midwest. It's nice and sunny outside and you know, no rain, the no forecast, so it's, you know, nice little weather outside, so everything's good on our end.
1: Okay.
2: Brady, how you doing, man? Oh, we're doing good here. It's nice. I mean, it's like a 72 degrees out. It's, I could have this weather all the time, a little yeah, bit of a breeze and just sunny or good.
0: I, I know the Cali, they get that every day, so they, <laughs> it ain't nothing, ain't nothing new for them. They just all, you know, we wake up to this every day.
1: We do, and I've been spoiled by it. So I used to live on the East Coast. So yeah, like my friends make fun of me now because at 60 degrees, I'm like, oh, it's chilly. They're like, what? And so, and I can't complain. I live next to the beach. I can walk across the street and there's the beach. So those are the benefits, but you pay for the weather. Trust me, y'all, you pay for the weather and taxes and uh housing so <laughs>
0: yeah oh man that's that's lovely though I wish that I could just live right across the street from a beach like what <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness but yeah Ashley go ahead and tell the audience a little bit about yourself so they can get to know who you are
1: sure I'm originally from Las Vegas Nevada um before I played volleyball I played basketball for a long time and then in 10th grade I switched to volleyball um, then from there, I got a scholarship to uh, historically black college, Morgan State University, and I played there for four years I was a starting libero and broke records and I was named last, last year, one of the top 50 players in the MIAC, uh, so that was cool. And then I stayed in Baltimore for a boy at the time, <laughs> but it actually helped my career because I asked my coach if I could be her GA because I wasn't sure what I was going to do with my communications degree. So she said, I have a full-time assistant position for you. And I was the captain for her for two years. So she gave me that position. And my mom pushed me to start my masters during that time too, because if you work for a state school, you get tuition remission. So I got to go to the University of Baltimore for publication design. And so after that, that two years that I was her assistant, I became the assistant at Loyola Maryland University. Uh, which was right down the street past york road and that was a great experience too because i got to see a different side of baltimore as it relates to um, it's a very catholic jesuit school uh white dominated school where i was you know hbcu life so got to experience that and then after that year i took a leap of faith and applied to Spelman College, head volleyball coach job, slash sports information director. And I had some experience in sports information. So I would have to basically play the match and then write my own stories. So it was kind of funny. So from there, uh, I had one of the best records in history for when they um, became division three. And it was funny cause it was only nine wins, but it was like really exciting for, for that program. And so they ended athletics. So I chose to, you know, of course, apply and continue my career in coaching. And I got the job at Coppin State University in Baltimore, Maryland. So I went back to Baltimore and then three years there. I'm the winningest coach in history there. And they were just amazing young women. And I love West Baltimore. Um, I owe them. I owe West Baltimore so much. And then from there, just applied to Fullerton. And I was the... What did I was the creative hire as it relates to my boss because he took a chance and he did. It's coming from HBCU to the Big West Conference, it's huge. I play against, you know, past legends of Dave Shoji and Brian G at Long Beach State that I looked up to. So so yeah, and I've been here for six years. It's been a long, bumpy road, but a lot of a road with a lot of growth. So a lot when can say you go from 0 and 28 to then in 2019 being co-coach of the year, you know, Um, so that is just shows that you can fall and rise again, and that's really the story, and you can recreate yourself, you know, and you can recreate the culture and stuff like that if you stick to it, so.
2: Yeah, man, that is that is something, that's a lot of um, going around and uh, going to different locations, Um, but what I'm curious about is how did you come to Love the Game of Volleyball? Where did that passion and that drive, where did that start
1: yeah it was actually funny i was talking to my um friend after a basketball practice i just happened to see her walking cakey lindo um and she i was like where are you going and she's like oh i'm going to volleyball pra- uh, tryouts you want to come and i was like is that that sport that wears the tight shorts like i'm not doing that i like i wear basketball shorts like i don't understand why they wear those and so she's like just come i think you'll like it and it was that. It was literally her just saying on a whim, which is so crazy, right? Like this is my whole life and career, but yeah, on a whim her saying that. And so 10th grade, I made the decision after being moved up from JV to varsity and shout out to Durango High School and Robert Kelly and Kelly O'Quinn, because I really appreciate them of like moving me up to varsity. And I did. And so I was trying to play both. I was trying to play AAU basketball and play club volleyball, and it just it is way too tough to do. And so, I made a decision, an executive decision, because I'm like, okay, at that time, Durango ba- basketball for women wasn't that good, but volleyball was hitting in the state in in Las Vegas in Nevada. So I was like, you know what? I think this will get me more of a college, you know, a college scholarship than basketball. So that's really
0: where the decision came <laughs> from yeah man that's crazy because you it's not often you hear someone choose volleyball or basketball which i applaud it though because you've made a decision that was best for you at the time and especially you know when you're looking at your, your high school you be like you know this course we, we ain't really too hot but over here <laughs> it's popping. <laughs> so yeah i would, i gonna definitely go down that route uh did you ever imagine volleyball like being i was almost being a face of your career but like you going this far with volleyball
1: no um it's crazy the universe uh knows you better than you know yourself you know um i used to aspire to just from high school into college. It's, it's something we as women hear a lot, like you're going to go to college, you're going to find your husband, and then my life at 25 I'm going to be married and then by 2930 I'm going to have two kids and then I'm like, and then I'll just have some job somewhere and do yeah. whatever right, yeah. and so it's so crazy how it completely shifted like. And the universe is like, nah, I got some more planned out for you, you know? And so Mm -hmm. I love now pouring in really what I love to do. And it's vision and purpose. So my vision is to create a dope culture. My purpose is to help women be the heroes of their own story. Mm -hmm. So because like that was my mindset back in college, there's so many of the young women that I coach where that's their mindset, where I'm like, that's all great, but who are you and what do you have of your own? And I really like encourage my young women to to really seek that and find that in college instead of finding a partner um, and putting their dreams and goals to the side because some of my friends and I appreciate them and their honesty about marriage and kids. They said, when I got married in my twenties I didn't know who I was. Whereas my husband got to still go out and pursue his dreams and goals. And it's just innate in us at times as women to take a step back from our careers and goals to take care of the household and the kids. And like I said, you can do all that, but you got to compartmentalize. And men do it so well. Y'all are literally compartments, right? I'm going to pour into this and focus on that. Bet. Now I got it. So then the next thing I'm going to focus, we're like spaghetti where we just in that whole mix everything up and try to be super women and we can do it all, all at the same time. And you can't, not to your best, right? And so I really, because my purpose is that, Heroes of Your Own Story, that's really what I love to do. And I just do it through the lens of volleyball, you know? And so um, that's what's been interesting about it. My communications degree in publication design, I've really been able to, Utilize that as it relates to creating dope T-shirts for my young women, creating dope slogans and sayings and stuff like that. So for the Titan culture, we said that when we wanted to change the culture of the program, uh, be your sister's keeper. That came from pop culture reference of New Jack City, you know, <laughs> and be your brother's keeper, and just being able to do that and seeing, seeing my young women, especially when you're at state schools that don't get the publicity as the Power Fives. When you're able to create that and you create a buzz on campus because people are wearing your shirts and things like that, that's what I like to do. That's, that's, that's the core of it. I just happen to do it through volleyball.
0: No, that's, uh, that's incredible. And it's called the Heroes of Your Own Story. Because now I'm curious. Now I want to go look on the site see if I can go find a shirt because I would definitely love to support and definitely love the rock one shirt. I'll send shirts. both
1: of y'all a shirt. It's not on the website. I wish it was, like have my own little story, you know what I mean? But I'll definitely send y'all a shirt. So.
0: Oh yeah. You, you need to get a store then. If that be the case. Like, <laughs> come on now. You need to spread spread the love. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know, I know.
0: <laughs> but no, that's um, I mean, just um you know you like so far the, our past couple of episodes at this point in time when they release you know all of us been you know using athletics to help give other athletes a purpose you know or help help give athletes you know find another purpose outside of sports and especially like women I look at my wife like I I you know I would always take the world over and not discuss she's my wife but just because the fact that you know I see her I see what she does on an everyday basis and people doesn't know that the day-to-day grind that she has to go through yeah. and so you know you are you are right you know women are you know they are legit serious superheroes like like they are um but like, I mean I think the world I think the world of my wife I think the world of a lot of just different females because of the fact that just everything that they have to go to and you're right you know with men we kind of we chase we see something we want, we go chase after it. All right, we done moving on to the next one, et cetera, et cetera. It's not just the same for women. So um what was uh what, what was your journey like going through all those like different coaches, like different um uh coaching positions that you've been you've been through?
1: Yeah, the journey. Um HBCU is home always because I went there and then really being I grew up in it, you know, uh, being a young mm-hmm. coach, like I was a head coach at Spellman at 25 and I, I was a D1 oh, yeah. head coach at 26. So oh, that journey too of finding myself yeah. too is, is been a great journey. And yeah. I've had my pitfalls and my ups and downs, like, cause it's different geographically too. The way in which I can talk to Um, athletes and stuff and have a relationship on the East Coast, very different than the West Coast. So then when I was on the East and then come to the West I thought, oh, I could take this with me. I can take the directness with me. I can take the, well, I'm just being straight up with you with me, (laughs) right? And then I had to realize I need to navigate and understand where where I am in the space of me as my growth as a a person. Um, I had to overcome an imposter syndrome when I first got the job. Uh, I had to overcome, too, people not seeing a Black female head volleyball coach in at Fullerton. Uh, I came after someone who has been with the program for 23 years. Like, you know, and so Jesus. everyone, yeah, everyone <laughs> knowing her, too, that was tough, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the deserving, like, I don't deserve this job. And then me taking all of the criticism and cheap seats and putting it in my spirit, which I shouldn't have done, terrible to do, but I did it, right? And so then overcoming that too. And, and what I will say is my administration, I appreciate my boss because of the fact he, he went through it with me, but yeah. also too, I taught him, I, they taught me a lot, but I also taught him a lot as it relates to what does a black indigenous person of color coach need? What yeah. does a young coach need? what does a coach need as it relates to being at a very a, a small school and stuff like that and then coming into a program where oh well you have everything cuz you didn't have anything over there and it's like no but we if you want to get successful here you got to mm-hmm. give me the stuff that others have you know and so navigating all of that like i said has been a journey but i am so happy that i have removed myself from it being about winning so winning is i'm crazy i have 18 to 22 year olds dictating my livelihood right and the livelihood is based on winning right and i'll never discredit that but also too i had to get to a point of what do i want to focus on because if you always focus on the outcome you're not going to get the results you desire so process Mm. and really going back and doing an overhaul of how do i want to show up as a coach right because intentions without actions don't mean anything. So I can't just slap a a slogan on a shirt, but I have to really embody it and breathe it. And for my young women, because no matter what, they're always watching me. And so, like I said, have I messed up? Of course I have, like, but I'm very authentic and vulnerable in being like, and I grew because that's what also people want to, the fall and then be able to rise again. That's what all of us want, especially as coaches, especially as coaches of color. Um, there's so many times we don't get that luxury, you know? And I thought, like, in my head, I thought, if I lose this job, they'll never hire another black woman again. Yeah. And I remember my mentor, beautiful black woman, Dr. Ian, she's the president um, in a college in New York. She told me one time, because I was like, I never wanted this. I never wanted to be the first. Like, I just yeah. wanted to coach and be left alone. Like, you know what I mean? And she goes, baby sometimes being the first doesn't mean you're going to be successful. It just means it's possible. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, you know what I mean? And I look back at people talk mess so much about Barack Obama, but at the end of the day, it was that. It didn't mean he was gonna be successful. It just meant right. that it was possible and it had to be seen. Mm-hmm. And then really, I learned a lot just after George Floyd too of how people see me. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget an assistant coach at, uh, at Fullerton he said to me, he he saw me and he was Hispanic and he was like, Ashley, I just want to tell you, when I saw you on your press conference, he was like, oh yeah, now I can be a head coach, and I was like, what, like me, like you play your soccer and he, you didn't think you could, he's like, seeing you made me believe that a person of color that I had an opportunity and a chance, and he's like, and I know I never shared that with you, I just wanted to let you know, and that was so impactful for me, so. Um, just being a representative too and being the best representative of Ashley that I can be and my authentic self, uh, I like to do and I like to show up for as a coach. And, and yeah, my journey, whew, it's been a lot. But like I said, I love <laughs> I love my young women. I love the outcomes and what we're showing and flourishing. And it took time. And that's what people don't understand. It takes, it takes more time than what you think. And now that I've done this, I'm 35. So I know for a fact by 40, I'm going to be an administrator because now we don't see a lot of college coaches being administrators anymore. So you have people telling us what to do, but that's never sat in our seat. So, mm-hmm. so yeah.
2: Yeah, no, that's, that is something Just that journey and um, everything you're told. Like, that's a, like, if I was an athlete, I'd be playing for you because the culture that you've said so far, is just something that I don't want to get along with but what I, what I'm curious about is each of your stops where, and like, while you were doing the game, where did you find like that coaching was your true passion? Like where, where did that like stem from? I know we figure out like why you want to play volleyball. When, when did that in your mind click? Like, oh, I'm good at coaching. And this is what I want to pursue and help um, breed the younger generation.
1: Yeah. uh, At Coppin. When I, um, when I came there, all of the, the women that I had were freshmen and sophomores. And so it's like we grew up together. You know what I mean? And being able to have best seasons in history and seeing the community support them you know what i mean that's really what made it live like us being able to pack we played in the small gym we didn't play in the arena that was fangs arena and i was all right with it because i like smaller gyms because you get to create uh an impactful like crowd and vibe and it came like i said it came from them from cop and kids and we even created a turn up squad the baseball team would come to our our matches because they were friends with them and a couple of their friends outside of the baseball team and i was like all right, y'all. You guys come to every game. If you keep coming to the games, I'll get I'll get you T-shirts and I'll design them for you. And so they came back to me and they're like, "Okay, we're calling it the Turnham Squad." When I tell you during that time, that squad was the best thing ever. It was such a competitive advantage. Everyone in the conference hated them but wanted one. And one. <laughs> it was so funny, funny. And they then had rules about it like you had there were certain Uh uh, rules that you had to follow in order to stay in the up squad they were so funny they would have pep talks with my girls before the match then if they didn't play well I'd be like I would talk to them they're like man they trash we're not talking them to to them tonight and stuff like that and then even one time they came up to me and was like coach P I because I used to have to drive vans to Hampton Virginia. And so they're like, coach P, we really think that this is an important game. So can we get in the van with y'all? Like, no, like, what are you talking about (laughs) that, that vibe and that culture? And I realized too, as it relates to myself, I think because I was considered an underdog because I didn't start playing volleyball till the 10th grade and things like that. I seek that in others so that i can help them grow and do things that they don't think is possible and so that's what started with the cop and young women and one of my colleagues said that he's like actually i'm never worried about your recruits what i'm worried about is the fact that you get them to do things that i never thought that they could you know and i'm like it's it's incur it's pouring into them to really let their light shine so be a light myself so that their light can shine and one of the young women I can talk about her. She graduated. She just graduated, my baby, um, Savannah Costello. She uh-huh. was a walk-on, and I don't even think she really believed in how much how amazing she is at Fullerton. She was, mm-hmm. and so she committed to me. And her freshman year, it was tough, and we had to understand each other too. And then sophomore year, still a little rocky. The culture wasn't there, so she was in 2017. Yeah culture wasn't there we don't even talk about 2018 2019 um she had she was top 10 in the nation for digs and also she got invited to go to the olympic tryouts for uh the college team and her wildest dreams came true but i always told her like Sav, you got it because i wouldn't you wouldn't be here if i didn't believe in you and she didn't believe me. She's like, you're crazy. Like, we're all crazy for doing this with you. Cause you're crazy. And then, um, I always tell them junior year is when you shine. Right. And her junior year, she went off and unfortunately didn't have a season in her 2020 year. But the one thing she said is, was that I asked her cause she was upset, of course. And I was like, if 2019 was your final year, would you be satisfied? And she was like, yes, there I, I, I couldn't, I can't believe all of the things that I was able to do at Fullerton. And she earned a scholarship too, by the way. So I just, that's what really brings me that joy is seeing stories like that. Savannah Costello was also a first generation um, student athlete, you know? And so just her family and I appreciate her so much cause that 20, that whole 2017 class I recruited character and I recruited uh young women that I knew would turn the program in the right direction you know and they mm-hmm. all balled out and showed what they're capable of but it had it, it came from I think me thinking of myself you know <laughs> and how I felt as an underdog I hope that answered everything <laughs>
0: no it, it truly does because I mean one of the things that we do here on Capturing the Game is capture those stories that people don't know about so the stories that you share with us, we really appreciate it because we love to hear it. We love the audience to hear for uh, hear about it. Cause those stories are just things that we never know about. So this is the reason why this platform exists. So we just appreciate you, you know, being here and sharing those those behind the scenes stories with us. Cause I mean that's what that's what you know fuels us. Um I know what I was getting ready to ask, but now I just slipped my question. Uh, so okay so you talked about rec- uh, recruiting uh it, as how difficult has it been for you recruiting uh recruiting in volleyball especially being a woman of color recruiting it just like in general how has it been for you recruiting because i know you start you had to when you first started off okay i'm not sure if like if when you got to full and if that was like your first like full-time like I I actually have to go out to start recruiting you know what's some of the things that you learned about recruiting over time in general I'm just curious because I'm always curious about coaches experience when it comes to recruiting
1: yeah it was I mean no Coppin I recruited but I was using my funds to recruit so yes (laughs) of getting a budget yes uh at Fullerton to recruit um but you know coaches we could always use more in recruiting dollars uh it's a hustle and it's a grind um, as it relates to that when the program of Fullerton was really good in 2010, right? And so that that is their legacy in 2010, but now it's tough. State schools, it's tough. You gotta figure out what's your niche, right? and you sell yourself really and that's what i do i sell myself um i of course sell the culture of the program and i know i talk about culture a lot but when i didn't have it i was doing a disservice to the young women in my program and so focusing on culture is something that i think all coaches and really invest in it should do because that's what helps you when you're losing and that's what helps you it also helps you to win too and get there so uh, we really talk about our sister's keeper. We talk about how we help our young women with critical conversations of conflict and confrontation. Uh, going out and evaluating, it, That that's the easy part, but to get them to come <laughs> and pick you over UCLA and USC and Long Beach State at 18, you know what I mean? Like those things. And it's, so it's like, what are you selling? What are you, and it's us, it's me. It's my young women talking for for the program and for themselves and talking about the pitfalls of the program and the growth of the program so that they are really honest. And I'm okay with my young women. Like, yeah, if they ask you questions, be straight up. If they ask you questions about Coach P, be like, yeah, Coach P used to yell. She don't yell no more. You know what I mean? Or yeah, Coach P used to come into the gym just frustrated and angry. And also too, because I realized I was going through a lot. You know what I mean? And and yeah. as a coach, we gotta show up well because it's not their fault that yeah. we just had a bad meeting with the AD, you know? <laughs> and so yeah. um, so you gotta heal the wound or else you'll bleed on others. And mm. that's what I like as it relates to my young women that they know they're like, yeah, no, Coach P straight up. Coach is real cool, but but don't don't cross that line because she'll let you know real quick and just in recruiting. It is getting that and it is getting that kid that thinks differently. Right. So it's like, it's easy to be at a program that you sit the bench on just to put on Instagram that you're a part of the team. And here's my thing, but are you playing though? Yeah. Uh, then what are you really doing? Right. So, but do I want those kids that desire the big gym, the glitz and glamor and things like that? No, cause they won't give me what I need. Right. As it relates to building this program, but those young women that reach out to us, we try to reach out to as much as we can. Yeah, we go for the heavy hitters and the big and things like that. And we did in 2022, a shooting for the stars, right? And one came back and she was like, I just love the program. What's helped us is honestly being virtual and being able to discuss more about the culture and, our philosophies and things like that as opposed to just being like oh well we win all the time you know once you were once once the court was taken away then you had to really see coaches and what they're about and also too what the program is really rooted in when you can't lean on success and winning you know what i'm saying so um and then also too just me being authentic and vulnerable as it relates to we talk about what happened last summer of George Floyd, the summer protests. We talk about anti-Asian hate. We talk about uh, LGBTQ issues. We talk about those things. And me being honest with parents that I talk to about these are the things that we are going to discuss within our culture because I'm more than a coach and my players for damn sure are more than athletes. And I can't Mm -hmm. wait because we're about to help them too I'm just a different type of coach. So we're about to help them as it relates to name, image, and likeness. I want my young women, all of my young women to have their own businesses that they can profit off of because we, in my program, I have helped some of my young women have businesses, but I have to go through compliance, right? Of like, okay, she can't do this. She can't do that. She can't like, you know, but I can't wait because that same young woman will be able to now market herself and her business more, and I'm super excited about it. So, yeah.
0: I'm super excited for you, and I'm trying to think of all my younger cousins. I have like a, I have like there's a group t- t- text, a uh, group text thread of me, one of my older cousins about the same age as me, and it's like five or six just young ladies they get on my nerves, but, <laughs> but they are so, they are so autistic and real, and I, I think one of them might be interested in volleyball, but, and I'm like, hey, you need to, you know, she's interested in this, so you need to just kind of follow this, this young lady, you need to yeah, follow Coach sure, P, yeah. <laughs>
2: because, you
0: know, she, she's the real deal, I, I mean, that's what I feel as though, I don't know about you, B.
2: No, that, I mean, that's awesome, and I was just, was thinking while you're saying that is, like, that's the type of coaches that, I want to play for and that I want to be involved around is the ones who are, they, they know that line of being honest and trying to help you succeed after sports. Cause the podcast episode we recorded um, the other day, every, um, sports isn't your life. If you're just rooted in, okay, I'm just playing volleyball. I'm just playing basketball. I'm just doing football. Like if, if that's all your life is about, you're not gonna, you're going to miss opportunities outside of that. because you can't play forever and that's and that's one of the things that I'm sure you're growing your program and from what we picked up is like you want to help them succeed after they're done with the sport because it's not going to be around forever and that's that's awesome and amazing that we're hearing that and hearing this perspective because not many people get to talk with a coach and they get to hear that perspective of how you raise your program and how you started at the very bottom and you started with those freshmen sophomores your first year and then you've just grown from that that spot and as as you're going i know you're going to do more amazing things and it's just glad that we have this conversation that we can watch you after and see everything that you're going through
1: thank you i appreciate that
2: you're welcome we, yeah no we appreciate
0: you because <laughs> like I, I just love your energy that, that uh especially uh, just. You know the fact that you talk about um, just some of those crucial moments, the George Floyd, the 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 LGBT community, all that, because a lot of people like doesn't give the space nor the time to actually really sit down and really approach her, or even sit down and talk and address some of those issues. I can't tell how many times that I've I've like even to this day, like I when I you know when those things come about, you know I just feel I I I sit back within myself and I don't like. I just, I sheltered into myself. I'm like yo, like I'm done for today. But like, I'll call my brother. I'm like yo, bro, I can't. I'm going. I'm heading home because because of this right here. I can't. I can't think straight. Like am mm-hmm. um, I can't. Like everyone else, you know, in the office is all cool. You mm-hmm. know, yadi yadi yaddy. yaddy, yaddy. Another day in the office. I'm just like, yo, another one. Of my brother's just passed away. You know, unarmed. So I I appreciate that you talk about those stuff with your athletes, and I think it's having those healthy conversations is super important. Um, yeah. Uh, the first I believe your first year you went oh and twenty two. Oh yes. 0 twenty eight. Oh and twenty eight. Okay. <laughs> so how did you feel like at at I want like how did you feel at that moment? Because knowing that like yo you just. First year to this program, you went, oh, it's 28.
1: First year, um, first, yeah, first, I was the first Black female head coach, you know, all that. Yeah. Uh, man, I was in such a dark place. And yeah. I was like, everybody was right. I didn't deserve mm-hmm. this job. And it's a different from deserving and are you ready? And yeah. I had to really acknowledge that and understand it. And like I said, so. In my future, I want to be an administrator and I want to be the one in the room that says, okay, if we do take on this candidate, what are we giving to this candidate to make sure that they're set up for success? So I got a coaching mentor in 2019 and I look back, you don't know what you don't know, right? And I look back and I wish I would have humbled myself enough to get a coaching mentor in um, my first year you know to really navigate but Mm -hmm. we have egos as coaches right so i'm like i know everything i'm hired i they hired me so i'm the expert and i really realized like you got to be a lifelong learner you got to learn how to get out of your own way and grow Mm -hmm. um it was so hard for me to get out of it because then after that like my light dimmed completely it was dark i didn't want to go out and recruit because then people, the cheap seats, right? They come up to you and be like, Ooh, like maybe you should just go back. You know, you are successful there, just go back. And I realized like people project on you what they would do, right? It's very hard to stand in 0 and 28 and be not okay with it, but show up, right? And then it's very, after that I decided to try to go get wins really fast so I got a lot of transfers in and the one thing about if you don't have a strong culture then transfers dictate it right and and they don't know no better they're just coming in and being like well y'all need me you went 0 in 28 so you need me you know what I mean and so um going through that transition of the quick fix didn't work out for me and uh those next two years uh, or next year. And then, like I said, in 2017, I, I really chose to just recruit culture and recruit freshmen and just recruit better for myself. And then um, 2018, when I didn't still didn't get the results I wanted, then I was like, okay, I'm going to throw numbers at the problem. So I had 22 young women, but once again, no culture. And I really realized I wasn't focused on the right things. And I, I, then got refocused and once again that's why I appreciate my boss of giving me that chance because he could have in after 2015, 2016, 2017, 2018 been like this isn't working out we're good but um, it's like that whole notion of like you it's a smile right so you're at one point you go down and then you're going to come back up but you gotta you gotta understand that it's a cyclical process and then you gotta go down and I don't think a lot of coaches enough talk about that it's they Mm -hmm. talk about the success or they talk about their new job um Mm -hmm. we're being more vulnerable now about talking about our true journey and our pitfalls and also too I I talk about that too because what I wasn't doing and what I wasn't taking care of was my mental state so mental health Mm -hmm. is huge for me um mental health is huge of what we talk about for our young women too because I, like I said, and I've brought it up beca- before, if you don't heal the wound, you're going to bleed on others. And I was bleeding sure. from that 0 28 year. And I was bleeding on my team and, and my coaching staff and everyone around me. And once I really took a step back and be like, all right, let me center Ashley, you know, and let me let me focus on that mental health part. And that's what I did in the spring of 2019. And mm-hmm. that's what caused me to really be rooted in the process, not outcome. So even if I'm like, Ooh, process, process, process. Like, you know, <laughs> it's not about the outcome right now. It's about the process. It it roots me back into, you gotta be self-aware and you gotta be willing to hear about yourself which I did a lot yeah. um, and then make change. You can't always just put it on everybody else. Oh, it's the players. Oh, it's the, it's the staff. Oh, it's the administrators. You can't do all that. You gotta check yourself as a coach and really recognize if you do it the right way, you're going to have success again. I just, we so much too, feel fear failure because it's tied to our paycheck. You feel me? So, mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, yeah. like I said, we're crazy. And I tell the ministers that. I'm like, coaches are crazy. Of course we are. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It's about contracts and renewals. We don't get the luxury. And then it's, what have you done for me lately? So we can't even celebrate our wins a lot because it's like to the next. Okay, next year, you better do this. But my whole squad were seniors, and we're about to leave, and they're about to leave. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You you got to do it again, you know. And so, yeah. so yeah. It. I love when people ask me that because I used to think it was impossible, y'all. I said, there's no way somebody can go to O and twenty O, o and whatever. That's impossible. Like, yeah. how can you not win one match until you go through it? It's it's really possible.
0: Oh yeah. yeah, I I uh I know I witnessed that with the high school I went to in um in Chicago where. Mm. You know, our one particular program did not do well in the four years of its of its existence, and so um, yeah, I get it. But just to to see you stand through it, you know, to see where you are today, today is I, you know, I tip my hat off to you. I would tip it off right now, but my headphones will go flying. We want to see that happen, <laughs> but. But you know, I tip my hat up to you. I tip because um, you learn and you change and you develop and you know, you know, you recognize. I don't, I don't look at it as failures. You know, I look at it as lessons. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, lessons and opportunities to to continue to grow. And you know, I, it's not often you hear about coaches that still sticking around after the O and twenty two and still, you know, and still live to see another day. You know, and you um, know, I. Just so happy to hear that you still, you know, still doing things big, especially at Cal State. Brady, what about you? Man? Yeah.
2: No, that is it's. For me, I don't know if I could go through that as what I'm you went through. I, I mean, it is. <laughs> I
1: appreciate the honesty. No, just, for real, yeah. like yeah.
2: Just like going through that, like my as you're saying, with your mental state is important. Like, mine be like, well, what am I doing wrong, and I just want to fix it immediately, but things can't change that fact it came to snap a finger a change you have to as you said you gotta go through that process you gotta go through the ups and downs as you said the smiley face you gotta you're gonna be up here you're gonna go down you're gonna come right back up yeah. and as Desmond was saying with like the lessons that's one of the things I as you were saying all that I'm like okay with the lessons what is one like life lesson that you've learned through your like coaching career as you so far like what is one thing that has just stuck with you that you just try to implement in your life and so maybe like The Athlete Slice.
1: Yeah, uh, Brene Brown, uh, life life savior. So Dare to Lead, Bre- Brene Brown, please. Anyone in a leadership position, read that book. There's one thing that she says, uh, the story I'm making up. And so many times we live in our head and make up stories, right? Of like, like I said, I suck as a coach. I'm a failure. I suck as a player. I'm not good. And when I when I learned that phrase of that's the story I'm making up it really puts it into a perspective for you because she says in her book our brain is hardwired to come to a conclusion like we need a conclusion even if it's the wrong one and it's completely false narrative it's like ah satisfaction right so uh I joke with my players it's like I do that all the time even in my personal life right of like he didn't call me back. So he must be doing something or he must not be talking to me because he's mad at such and such. Da, 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 da. And then when I talk to him, he's like, yo, your mind, like what? I was in the shower. I went here. I went there. Like, you know what I mean? But I was yeah. satisfied because I was like, yep, this is the reason why. Right. <laughs> so that's literally what it is. The story I'm making up, um, has been great, uh, for me. And the lesson that I have another lesson I know you said one but a lesson that I've held true is be your authentic self Mm -hmm. and you gotta be true to yourself and be your authentic self and that's what I want for each of my young women because their story is their own their Mm -hmm. life is their own and and yeah so so yeah Yeah. story I'm making up that's a huge one (laughs) (laughs)
2: no no, that's fine you can have more than one it's not limited to just one Or, or
1: like even my players right like Coach P took me out because she hates me, Hard, And I'm like, oh, story you just completely made up. I took you out because you just had three errors. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's so easy to go to the emotional side of like, oh, it's because X, Y, and Z, you know, so.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I know I'm quick to make up on story. And I, I sometimes I do it just, just because like, you know, just because of grins and giggles, even though I know that's not the truth. But sometimes it's <laughs> like to see, I just see how far my curiosity can go. <laughs>
1: See, mine's dangerous so I can't be doing it.
0: oh man Uh, yeah because between me and my wife it was like you didn't answer me and it'd be like well that's because no you was doing something else I'm like no it's not the case (laughs) but we we go we go back and forth with each other with that so that's just our thing oh man but no uh I mean look we appreciate every single lessons that you you tell that you bring up because it kind of either one reinforces stuff on us or two it uh help teaches us more things because I know with each episode that we've done we've Grown and develop, and we try to n- take the, you know segments over here, and we just try to apply it to our own life. So,
1: you gotcha.
0: know, yeah, every every nugget or every gem that you drop, you know, it's not only helping the audience, but it's also helping us.
1: Gotcha. And disengaging with the cheap seats, definitely had to do that after an 0 and twenty eight season. So, all of the blogs and everything, you know, all that stuff. Like, I'm like, yeah. oh, okay, cheap seats. Like, you can sit in this space so could Ashley Preston you know what I mean you don't know you don't really know how hard it is for me to show up every day and pour into people and try to get the outcome that we desire to gain the success and win so that I can keep my job you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. so uh having to disengage with the cheap seats so I tell my young women all the time they they joke and think like coach P hates Instagram and I'm like no I hate the fact that it has impacted your life so much I remember life before social Mm. media, like Facebook started my freshman year of college. And so with that, I'm able to remove myself. And I also appreciate just the foundation of my family, like self-confidence and things like that, it was huge. And you know, you are great because you're in this family and you're gonna do great things. Mm. And people laugh because my grandfather is from Atlanta, Georgia, old school, man. we live a very patriarch. He is the man of the household, like all of that. And I'll never forget this. My assistant at the time, Dave Butler, he didn't meet my grandfather. So he came up to me and he goes, Ashley, if you don't win, you're going to get fired. And then he turns to Dave. Hi, I'm Bill Ellis. And I was like, Papa. And he was like, what? I love this man. I was like, yeah, that's my grandfather. He just, I expect excellence. Like, he yeah. told me high school isn't a, isn't a graduation I'm gonna celebrate. Call me when you go to college. And then mm-hmm. once I went to college, yeah. uh, once I got, started my master's, good, now start your doctorate. Like he much prefer I go and get my doctorate <laughs> then continue down this path of coaching. But he supports me and comes to every single game and, and all of that and has that support system for me because he understands the struggles. Mm-hmm and hardship, and the cheap seats, and the and the people, and the naysayers. So that would be my advice to anyone doing things that you have to then put yourself out there in the world. There's going to always be somebody. Um, always. always. And like my favorite, it's kind of funny, one of my favorite rap songs, like when I was in Baltimore, was in the club, right? Uh, if you ain't got no haters, you ain't popping. Yeah. And so what I did is I put on my uh, wall, I recreated it since I'm at a, I'm at Fullerton, so I recreated to say, um, if you don't have any adversaries, you're not at the pinnacle of your success. So mm-hmm. shout out to uh, I think it's I can't remember his name, but that uh, that rapper because it says Doctor Rich on it instead yeah. of like his rap name. So, Oh, uh,
0: yeah, <laughs> no, I like that. I'm at, that's gonna be a that's gonna be a clip moment from from this episode (laughs) you know
1: yeah if you don't have any adversaries you're not at the pinnacle of of your success or if you ain't got no haters you ain't popping so
2: (laughs) I know that's right
1: um what about y'all what's your favorite sports teams I mean I see some in the back
2: oh yeah I I, I'm past some of this I was getting a lot of hate here get a lot of love a lot of hate Michigan fan so it's kind of
1: Harbaugh fan
2: yeah. Yeah. So some people don't like it. Some people like it. And it's just, I'm just living in it. I mean, I live in Ohio, so it's not <laughs> not a good place to be at, but you know, gotta be I I what I,
1: What I admired about when he first got hired was mm-hmm. the fact that he got the Jordan deal. I was like, yo, he gets it. He gets the kids. That's really what it was. Like, I was like, that is so dope. He's going to get recruits off of that alone that mm-hmm. it was strictly, it wasn't Nike. It was a Jordan deal. And yeah. so- I
0: thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah. yeah. And now I, your is Jordan.
0: Yep, they are. And uh, I mean, the whole that that whole brand itself, you know, is 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 ridiculous. Um, but yeah, for me, my favorite teams are. Uh we didn't get the chance to really do this too much. But my my team, so I, I love baseball, so I'm a White Sox fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but I grew up in Chicago, so I know I saw boy. the bear down.
1: That's all right. Yeah, it's,
0: it's all <laughs> it's bad. all really Chicago sports, you know, minus the Cubs. I support the Cubs. I don't, you know, I I don't like hate them or anything, but it's just not my team for me. So um, but since I've been in Indiana, I've adopted other teams, like you know, I've adopted the Pacers, I'll root for them. I've adopted the the Colts. That's my second go to team now. Um I my support cousin, the you fever. Play for the
1: Colts, so
0: you said your cousin?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay.
0: Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. And then um, yeah, the Colts. And then um and then I love uh, watching Fever basketball. Not right at the moment, but you know, they they are they've been uh, struggling lately, but you know, I'm still a big supporter of the of the W uh the WNBA.
1: Yeah, WNBA, like, those women, Mm
0: -hmm. wow,
1: they are willing to sacrifice their money, their time, everything for their causes, and I'm so happy that they got, like, the NBA players wearing Mm -hmm. their sweatshirts and endorsing them, because they truly were the ones pushing the change and making the change, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and I just love how they sacrifice it because so many times we hear right in athletics it's like well you can't do that you can't say that or else you'll get fired and of course we saw it visibly right with Colin Kaepernick and it's so crazy like the world works in so crazy ways that Colin knelt you know and then Mm -hmm. the world stopped and Colin knelt and they were upset the world Mm -hmm. stopped when a man was murdered by someone else kneeling and mm-hmm. i'm just like that is full circle and i had a great conversation with my other former assistant and he he texted me uh about like as it relates to george floyd because they talked to their players about it at his school mm-hmm. um and then he sent me this text and stuff like that and then i called him i was like so now you get colin kaepernick because back then you didn't and he's yeah, laughed yeah. and he's like okay ashley like you know and we had a <laughs> this conversation because I remember during that time he asked me like so do you think it was worth it for him to do that worth it for Colin to do that and I told him I said sometimes in a man's life your 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 passion and mission has to be greater than the price you know and so at that time it wasn't the thing to do and then just to see it you know what i mean just to see it come full circle and it's just it's crazy but uh, yeah it
0: is crazy yeah. It is crazy, uh, and like me and my brother, we we go through this conversation, you know, often a lot because, you know, he's in a predominantly white environment, so a lot of the people don't really necessarily get it. You know, I'm in a predominantly white environment, so a lot of people just don't necessarily get it or don't understand it. They just, you know, it, you always hear the phrase, you know, you know, sticks to just being an athlete, sticks to just being an athlete, and, and people just need to realize we're more than just being an athlete. So we're we're more than just who we are on a day to day basis. Whether we're just an engineer or a coach or uh, a physician, you know, we're such we're created to be so much more than just what we do on a day to day basis. And, you know, people just don't understand that, especially when you see, you know, we look at the George Floyd incident, you look at all the other incidents leading up to the George Floyd incident. And so um, they're just crazy.
1: That's why I love, uh, I appreciate so much LeBron James as the mm-hmm. businessman.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: one of the worst things somebody told him to do is shut up and dribble. I was like, ooh, you don't yeah. know, because he's going to show <laughs> you. I am, I am not monolith. I am a multitude of a man and I just appreciate all of the things that he has done initiatives. And he's so, he needs to like teach a class on business as it relates to just, Branding yourself and branding your and having your your close knit friends be the ones to support and them also being educated and doing things so it wasn't like he just put them on. Mm-hmm. Because they were homies, they actually right. work themselves and to see like all of them shine and LeBron is is LeBron is LeBron to where you saw Governor Newsom of California on yeah. the shop talk signing the name image likeness bill. Like, and I joke all the time because I'm like, y'all in California, blame LeBron James, he's the one. And then I'm Mm -hmm. like, you know what? And I started thinking, this is a totally story I'm making up. So I was like, you know what? He probably sat there one day and I'm sure Bronny Jr. wants to go to college for at least a year, right? Mm
2: -hmm. So he
1: probably, LeBron's never went to college. So he don't know that once you sign that scholarship, your name, image, and likeness is to the school, right? And so think about this. Can you imagine if Bronny Jr. was in a UCLA Jordan jersey with number 23 on it? Y'all better buy at least five because that'll be the yeah. number one selling jersey in history, right? It would be so dope. So, by the way, it would, like, it would be dope. Hears that. Like, it would be so dope. <laughs> but do you see what I mean? And then for really? him to not get the profits, his son not get the profits off of his own jersey, but because of yes his basketball success but also his father you know what I mean like he did it for selfish reasons but like I said that's the story I'm making up in my head I don't know LeBron James so
0: (laughs) yeah when you start connecting all the things, all the dots and stuff you make things you can kind of sit back and be like what's that one gift be like (laughs) (laughs) yeah and um and yeah, just LeBron in itself, uh, the the decorated career that he has is both on and off the court, you know, with him creating the school, and I believe it sits in Akron, I believe, or I mean, it may not be the correct city, but the mm-hmm. school that he built, you mm-hmm. know, big fan of it, just because I'm a big fan of education, you know, I believe that everyone deserves a chance to really, truly uh, get one. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's not really, um, I'd say education is not really provided for everyone. You know, Mm -hmm. at least not not equally. And um, I'm a big fan of the school. That's why eventually one day I want to get into teaching one day, just because I want to be able to teach others, um, you know, because I'm an engineer. So I like to be, teach other people the trade of engineer or just treat, tray, uh, teach other people the, the disciplines and the stuff that that goes into it. Just because I want to be able, I, I know I wasn't going to make it to where I'm at, at where I'm at today without all the mentors that I've had along the way, yeah. each and every step of the way, they have each taught me something and I want to be able to give back just like my mentors at, the, at that time gave to me. And you know, LeBron's one of those people that has been doing it simultaneously. He's been giving, he's been giving along the way, you know. And another athlete that I love is, is Tim Anderson. You know, the stuff that he, the stuff that he says, he's himself, he's you know, African-American man in a in a in the game where it's dominate predominantly white and mm-hmm. is predominantly Hispanic, but you know what he does for the South Side Chicago. Is phenomenal the stuff that he uh he talks about he walks about you know another one of my favorite athletes in the game right now so yeah. but yeah my, said, uh,
1: hold up you said that you want to teach one day why not now
0: why not now just because am still in school
1: so, okay okay i'm working
0: so i'm working on uh right now working on my second master's and, um, i have one master's in engineering management The second one is um, and it's business administration with a data analytics concentration so i wanted to be able to um, i want to be able to apply the data analytics part to sports and be able to get into that and uh, be able to um, like just use it so I, when i go to teaching i have experience that i can talk to or relate to yeah. You know, versus like kind of just pulling from the thin air and be like yeah. you know and then when, when kids actually go somewhere and they be like i thought you could do this and that's not really be the case so
1: it's funny you say that i um had a partnership with the math department and they were actually doing analytics for the yeah. volleyball team um mm-hmm. this past it was in 2019 but they carried it over into a little yeah. think tank as it relates to that so yeah that's totally especially like baseball and mm-hmm. basketball, like those two sports, analytics is so huge. So,
0: yeah, that's what I, I want to be able to apply analytics to those. Uh, like definitely, and I may even expand with just other sports as I continue to like learn more about the game. Like, me to sit, like, to be, me to go jump into like volleyball, for example, I'm be like. It's going to take me time to really get into it, just because, I mean, I understand the game of volleyball, but the stuff that I would, I don't have the eye for it yet, you know, just because, you know, I'm not used to watching it on an everyday basis like I am, i used to watching baseball or even used to playing baseball or basketball, like, I can't, I can't quite relate to it, you know, I can relate to the one time that, (laughs) once I was, it was in eighth grade, uh, I was playing, I was on the soccer team, and we we always joke with the women at the time, like, man, we could beat y'all. Y'all ain't that good. Like we could we could beat y'all. We, we got this. So uh we set up a we set up a game uh, where it was the it was the soccer team versus the volleyball team. Mm-hmm. And man, scraped. <laughs> this score was ugly. This score it was like oh wait, well, it goes up to 25 for a set, I think. Mm-hmm. It was like eight to twenty-five, three to twenty-five. <laughs> to 25 it was bad and before we know it, the game was over so we
1: <laughs> it's a fast-paced game that's what i love about yeah. it
0: yeah <laughs> oh, man. but yeah we're gonna uh we're gonna wrap we're gonna transition to our rapid fire segment okay. of this so we're gonna ask uh this is the, the game within the game segment where we kind of ask like either or questions where um and we have we kind of have like a running scoreboard of things but we eventually hopefully by now we will have posted uh, a scoreboard of this we keep saying it but eventually we're we'll going to get around to doing it trust us but uh so the question is are you ready to play I am all right so the very first question you always ask not always but you know it's, it's to get to the get the, break the ice is uh are you um, do you prefer chocolate chip cookies or oatmeal raisin cookies
1: chocolate
0: chip okay um I prefer oatmeal cookies, but I definitely be cheating on oatmeal cookies with chocolate chip cookies. So <laughs> I can't. Or
1: do both, a little chocolate chip oatmeal cookie.
0: So. Ooh. So I don't know. I don't know if I can mix. Like you talk about all in one, like a chocolate chip and oatmeal. Yes, chocolate chip and oatmeal cookie.
1: <sighs> yeah,
2: instead of the ra- instead of the raisins, you got to put the chocolate chunks in it.
1: Exactly. See?
2: Yeah. yeah. <sighs> don't oh, know I feel you like you everything
1: can. but the kitchen sink cookies and then you put oatmeal cranberries white chocolate, much. caramel we, we eat them for Christmas it's too much but the only time we have them is Christmas and my aunt makes them so. okay
0: yeah okay I get that man, <laughs> yes. that's, why into one cookie. that's why it's all in
2: one cookie I guess yeah so next one do you like do you prefer tv shows or movies tv shows what what's your favorite tv show yeah
1: what's my favorite one Oof.
0: or which one are you currently watching right now
1: oh man um oh my gosh i got into cruel summer on hulu like okay. any, anyone who I, so i have i don't have any kids but after watching cruel summer i'm like i want all boys i do not i do not want girls oh my gosh like yeah you are vicious in high school like <laughs> <laughs> But um, also too, Law and Order SVU. I think it's just okay. the best show ever because it, you've got to watch the first two minutes, mm-hmm. and then it all is done in an hour. It's the best. So, wow. <laughs> and Law I just and- saw High on the Hog. That was another TV show, learning about okay. the history of uh, American food with and the impact African American culture has had on
0: food. I may maybe want to have to go and watch.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's on Netflix.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, for me, uh, TV shows. A lot of them's gone off air right now. But Blackish, one of the shows I watch all the time right now. Uh, Chicago Fire. Uh, most of these shows are pretty much I watch with me. You know, me and my wife, we watch together. Um, I'm also like I'm some also a big nerd as well as a big sports man. So I watch a lot of anime. So I won't okay. we'll get into that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a that's a slope, right? Once you get into yeah. that, and I'm like, oh, I know Samurai Jack, and my friends are like, that's that's not anime, that's American. Yeah. i was like, oh, sorry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, Frasier
1: is yes, yes. one of my favorite shows. I can watch it nonstop. It's hilarious, um, and of course, Rick and Morty and Bob's Burgers.
0: Mm, okay, both both are two very well done cartoons that would pretty <laughs> good. Brady, what about you, man?
2: Uh, TV shows. My favorite TV shows is uh, one of them is watching Last Man Standing, and then I've been watching The Good Doctor, so those are the two that I can watch forever, but yeah, I do like Rick and Morty and watching Flossburgers. They're <laughs> great, great ones.
1: Yeah, I knew I liked you, Brady. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, what's your favorite uh, sports moment that you have seen or witnessed?
1: Mmm. Oh, that's a tough one. There's so many. I, one recently is volleyball wise. One recently is watching the University of Kentucky win their first national title. That was really cool to watch. And just the bubble and all of that and allowing the women to play. And that match was just such thoroughbred athleticism just volleyball really good volleyball so I was I was that was a moment I love when people first time in history I think mm-hmm. that is always amazing
0: that is it's still amazing today that we still have a lot of first times of this happening first time this know, especially just outside of sports
1: so yeah. I'm really hoping I can't wait for the day so no female head coach has ever won a national title in volleyball so still looking forward to that day like for us as women you know
2: it's coming
0: I yeah
1: it's that. coming it's coming
2: <laughs> uh, one of the ones we have is uh, if you get a chance to take over any organization whether it be women's sports men's sports anything what organization would you take over
1: nike <laughs> i just love nike so much um yeah and One I wouldn't take over, but I really want to work for Adam Silver. Like Mm. I just think he just he's got the formula. He listens. He
0: does. He does.
1: And he puts action into it. So
0: best commissioner of any of this professional sports right now.
2: Yes. Hands down. Hands down.
0: (laughs) Like not even
1: double A. Can I can I take that over? I just want to try. Please. (laughs) (laughs) Please. I just want to see if I could do it and then I'll probably after a day be like nah never mind fam
0: yeah please
1: like,
0: never mind <laughs> like if you if you need if you ever get the chance to do that you need to put a staff together you know <laughs> add me to that staff
1: I got both of y'all <laughs> well,
0: I... <laughs> uh, since I know you're a basketball fan so build your either your top five in either the WNBA or the NBA
1: yo but you trying to get me in trouble build my top five mm-hmm. <laughs> okay <laughs> nba uh, point guard i gotta go with westbrook i just love the passion but he gonna have to pass the ball uh, <laughs> he'll have to pass that's the rock fine. that's uh, fine that's fine <laughs> um and then Curry, of course, for shooting the long range. You gotta have LeBron on your team, uh, Giannis and KD. KD is
0: a different You know, he
1: went off. Like Yeah,
0: he, he, off. Did. <laughs> he did. He did. And that that dude is just a different breed, man. Like Oh look, like, that's a whole other separate podcast and I was talking <laughs> about KD. I
1: also <laughs> need like Giannis to have more pieces. They gotta. They gotta bring. uh, Oh, see Damian Lillard though. Like I listened to J Cole's um, album. Yeah, (laughs) I listened to J Cole's album and the I sent my young women what he talked about off season when he put out. You know Damian Lillard Mm -hmm. and what he talked about. And yeah. I loved it because then that was in our weekly meeting, and I was like, "What do you think about that?" And they're like, "I like it," and they they said what parts they like and stuff like that. So I always try to relate to pop culture, but
0: yeah, I
1: thought that was super dope too. Like, but if we could put Damian Lillard on the team with Giannis, I feel like
0: you I know that's a, that's a good combo. I feel
1: like it is. Like,
0: I can see if, that they
1: both about to glad glad Milwaukee paid him because yeah. yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> Woof, that's why I I have my eyes on Dame because Dame is you know he's been carrying a franchise for for a good grip now and the fact that you know keep getting bounced in, in the first round second yeah. round
1: I feel like it's coming I feel like yeah,
0: he's I feel on. like it's coming but he loves that org and he's been super super loyal to them like like loyal to like as much as Giannis has been loyal to the Bucks so it was um, really,
1: but where is he now You feel me like <laughs> it eventually.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> so we'll see. That's what's fun about it now, where before, you know, they're pigeonholed and they still try yeah. to, right?
0: Yeah. But,
1: I mean, at the end of the day, just let them play. If they want to play with each other, there's no parody in sports. So, like, when we say fairness, like, that isn't a word in athletics. Like, yeah. The great get great, like, and let them shine and be them, you know, (laughs) so Uh, let them decide where they want to play with each other.
0: Plus, there's no, there's no guarantee that they actually do make it with, you know, all the talent that they have on the team. So they still got to figure it out. They still got to work together. They still got to work with all the other people on the team. Plus injuries happen. Things happen.
1: Kyrie, right like
0: yeah look there's the reason why you want other stars in a team because you know two of them go out at least you still got kd that can still drop 47 and
1: who are you telling that's (laughs) what i'm saying like people rely on one horse i used to i can't rely on one i need a cool six like Mm -hmm. you go down all right next man up you know yeah
2: oh yeah Yeah, so that kind of concludes um, our interview uh, for today, this podcast episode. Uh, So for those people that are listening on uh, different platforms and watching this on YouTube, when we post it up there, where can they find you and follow along with your career?
1: LinkedIn. LinkedIn. My LinkedIn, <laughs> as it relates. My uh, my Instagram is private and I do it that way so that when my players graduate, they're able to follow me, you know? So it's kind of fun. And then they snoop through all my pictures and everything. It's hilarious. But uh, definitely LinkedIn, uh, Fullerton uh, Athletics website. And then also we have our own Instagram, all of our Twitter handles and all that is on um, the website as well. Uh, Fullerton underscore WVB,
2: so. Gotcha. No, we'll definitely take a look out of that. But uh, Desmond, I'd like to thank you, Ashley, for coming on and joining this uh, podcast today. Um, I know we'll take um, what you said today and we'll use that in our everyday lives. And I know someone out there listening to this will also uh, tune in and take that as well. Um, And for those people that are watching us and listening to us, you can follow us at Capture the Game. You can search us up on Instagram. You can find us at ccg underscore podcast on Twitter. And then you can find us on YouTube and Facebook by searching up Capture the Game podcast. Um, Again, I'd like to thank you for joining us today. And we hope that we can have you on again uh, here in the near future.
1: Of course. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. Like, it was a lot of fun.